Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast with your hosts, Danny and Vanessa Panzella Velez. Join us and special expert guests as we discuss love, sex, parenting, psychedelics, and spirituality. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, please visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy Sovereign Sunday. (laughs) We have a fun show today. Uh, We're doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the Tinder Swindler um, and some of the lessons that we learned just from watching this. It was kind of like our Valentine's Day Netflix and chill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have, it it has now become a Netflix and heal. (laughs) That's beautiful. Did you just come up with that just now? Yes. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> Sorry, we have our puppy here today also, and um, he's a little impatient, so we apologize for any interruptions. <laughs> he's just a little boy. Okay, <clears throat> Papa. Okay. Um, and we're also here on Instagram today. Um, we're trying to work out the setup for us to be able to do um, both both live. Um Hi, Rena. Thanks for joining. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So before we get started, just in <laughs> case you have not seen um, the trailer for The Tinder Swindler, uh, I just want to play it real quick so you can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. Sorry, Instagram audience, you're not going to be able to see this. But if you want to hop over to um, SovereignLoveStream.com, you can see the full video and our whole setup rather than watching on Instagram Live. For you guys at home, check this out. You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. I only miss you when it rains. When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond. He was smart and funny and very impulsive. I shared my whole heart with him. And then he asked me if I wanted to travel with him on a private jet. I was like, shit. He took me to a five-star hotel. He said we had a special connection. It felt like stepping into a movie. And then in the middle of the night, he said there was something he wants to tell me. He said he has threats against him. He needs our cash. His life depended on me. That's when police tell me. The man I love was never real. Everything's a lie. Who is this guy I've been sharing the same bed with? Then I get these threatening messages. Take my advice. Just watch out. We have no idea what he's capable of. It's just been freaking hell. I'm freaking out. But we needed to get payback. We don't know how far this conspiracy actually goes. It's just the tip of the iceberg. 
we had one chance to swindle the Dindler swindler. You love the Brodney? Give him a pay for it. Okay, <laughs> so we were just telling the Instagram Live audience, since they can't see the trailer. Hi, Maria. Thank you for joining. <laughs> we were just kind of explaining the trailer as it went through. Um, so he did return to Israel, and he was arrested for fleeing the original charge. Which was fraud, because he, I think he had, I don't know if he had stolen some checks or used a fake name, something yeah. like that. So he, he did five, he served five months. He served five months. He and never got charged or convicted with all the women that he stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from. Uh, he ended up, um, three of the women participated in the making of the documentary, and um, they, the three of them tried to entrap him because um, one of them was still kind of thought she was his girlfriend, and the other two went to her and said, look, this is what he's doing, and then they tried to trap him. It didn't work. He got away. Um, I mean, he did serve that five months, but he didn't get charged for stealing any of their money. They're still paying off those debts. So they thought if we make this documentary, it'll at least expose him and maybe stop him from swindling other people. So I was really <laughs> triggered by this. This this whole documentary was really triggering. I was like, oh, these women, they're gold diggers. They just, they're upset now. Yeah, of course that they stole the money, but they were they were willingly handing him over this money. Um, and they just, he really had convinced them that he loved them and that it was, um, he just really was in danger and he really needed this money. So, um, I was really triggered by it. I was like, ah, oh, you know, if they weren't gold diggers, if they weren't looking for this lavish lifestyle, then they wouldn't have fallen into all this. And that's the, my, the feeling I had while we were watching the documentary. And then we were talking about it afterwards. We were in bed just kind of chatting about it. And I was like, oh my God, the reason this triggered me is because I've actually done the same thing. Now, not to the same degree. <laughs> Let me tell the story before you judge me. <laughs> I was in a relationship with somebody whose family was wealthy. The irony being that the it was actually a pond the, the the her dad was running a ponzi scheme he's actually in prison right now for um stealing money from elderly people um but i didn't know that at the time um but i was with her our relationship um was not great uh, <clears throat> but i stayed in it longer than i really would have because i liked being around the money I liked being comfortable. I grew up very like lower middle class. And you know, there were many times when the heat would go off, we'd run out of oil in the oil tank and we'd wake up on a Saturday morning, ice cold freezing because we had no heat. So, you know, we were middle class and that we owned our own house, but we couldn't always keep the utilities on. Um, and so I think even though I had been very successful before that um, as a real estate broker and up until the crash, I had, you know, made a lot of money. I think somewhere deep inside, there was still a little bit of like, oh, this is easy, right? Being around money makes life easier. And even though our relationship isn't great, there's some toxicity here. There's, it's certainly not a healthy relationship. 
And I think a lot of this was subconscious also. This wasn't a conscious thought. I'm just now looking back at it, I realize that subconsciously I liked driving her fancy car. I liked being in her giant house. <laughs> I liked being around the money. Um, and I had to really like look at that and say, oh, that's why I was so triggered by these women. Like my thought that they were really just gold digging. And even that is very superficial, right? Because really what they were doing was they really just wanted love. These are people, women on Tinder looking for a connection. They're looking for love. And it really, the money adds to it, right? Oh, wow. Life is easier with money. So yeah. the money adds to the allure of this guy. Um, but he was also very charming. I mean, they show you in the documentary, the text messages, the just constant texting. I love you. Oh my God. I, I think you're the one I can settle down with. And when you're in that kind of whirlwind of, oh my God, wealth and expensive gifts and traveling to exotic locations. Cookie, we're doing the love stream. Do you want to come on the love stream? <laughs> He's just sitting here looking at us like, I don't know what you're saying. Um, so, and Vanessa definitely is going to talk a little bit more about that um, in a little bit. But what then I started to, to realize is, well, I mean, we've talked about this many times on the show, right? When you get triggered, it's not because the other person is doing something offensive, although that may be the case. You're being triggered because it, it activates something inside of you that needs to be healed, right? So for me, using, ultimately, I used this woman, um, even though I did love her and I had um, a relationship with her that I cared about her with, as the relationship progressed and we started, we both really started to realize we would fight and then break up and make up and all that. Um, I just, I stayed in the situation longer than I would have if she was as poor as I was, right? If, it, if the money wasn't a factor, I think I probably, we probably would have split for good sooner. Um, so I think, and I think there's other lessons here too, right? Like the TV lesson. Oh, there's no value on TV. Yeah. I mean, kind of going back to the whole Netflix and heel, right? Um, we, there's this there's this idea and we were talking about this because you were listening to a podcast the other day and you said the host of the podcast made a comment like who even watches tv anymore right yeah. there's this there's this idea that like if you're too if you're spiritual you shouldn't be watching tv at all and there's also this idea that healing or spiritual work happens only in a certain space mm -hmm. right only in a certain container only in a certain um, at a certain time and for us to be able to watch a tv show and come out with lessons from it a, a movie i mean and for it to be just a, a random movie that we were scrolling through trying to find something to watch and we were like oh this seems kind of interesting i'd watch that <laughs> and and as we were getting through it we were noticing um some of the things like at first i was like i don't feel sorry for this woman <laughs> And it, it, it seemed... Have you used people for money? I have not. <laughs> but I realized that for me, it was like, I would, I think I would feel insecure dating somebody with a lot of money, right? That has always been my insecurity. Oh, I don't like, I don't measure up to that. So like, mm. that would be where my insecurity comes from or my trigger comes from. But also 
one of the things I noticed was one of the women said, you know, she was picturing the Disney romance. Prince Charming shows up and, and you know, he took her to this fancy hotel to have coffee. And, you know, she's like in this luxury hotel that even she felt uncomfortable in. And she's, you know, she wasn't, the, the women weren't all wealthy, but they were pretty well off. And enough that they were able to loan him thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, and they were able to get the loans and, and all of this stuff. So now they're in like a ton of debt. But this idea that I'm going to find Prince Charming and he's going to sweep me off my feet and it, we're going to like fly off into the sunset. Like the first day with the this first woman that they interviewed, the first date, he took her to another country on a private jet. Like after they had coffee, he was like, do you want to go with me to, I don't remember what country he took her to. Yeah. And she was like, what? And he was like, yeah, go get your passport and we'll go on the private jet and fly off to, you know, to this other country. The Maldives or something. Yeah. Like some... And she was like, okay. You know, like she got swept away by that. She got carried away by the magic of that. This idea of like, oh, I found Prince Charming. He's sweeping me off to another country for a vacation on the first date. So that was red like flag number one. <laughs> red flag number one. <laughs> but, you know, like the the idea being that we have this idea of of what romance is supposed to look like. Right. And for a lot of people, the hard work becomes like, oh, then that's not real romance. That's not real love. If I have to face difficulties. Right. If I have to face triggers, if I have to look at myself, then it must not be real love or it can't be. It's not sustainable or we can't do it. And. I think that coming from a place where, like I've said, we did all the wrong things in the beginning of our relationship, it was really difficult. We also have a, um, a huge foundation now, a very strong foundation, because we've done the work through all of those triggers. So it wasn't this like sweeping off of the feet and romance and traveling the world together. Um, and that's not to say that you can't do the work. They were clearly all forced to face some of their ideas some of the the shadow elements that maybe they had right because there were things about this guy that even if you look at the text messages seemed a little bit fishy but they didn't want to look at it because you know he was taking them on these lavish adventures and so um we start um forgiving or looking away from the red flags because we don't want to face ourselves we don't want to face the real things that we're not you know that we don't want to look at, mm -hmm. you know, that we're afraid to the look things at. that make us uncomfortable for sure. Right. It's, it was a lot easier for me to sit in her really fancy car and drive that around. Um, than to face the fact that I was in a toxic relationship, right. I could kind of just like explain away those things or justify those things. Oh, not, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, we're all flawed, but looking back, um, it was a really unhealthy relationship. And now I have the context to be able to see that. I couldn't see that at the time, right? I could see certain things, obviously the fighting, you know, but everybody fights, right? So these are the justifications you start to make because you have this other thing, this shadow element, this need for material wealth or whatever it is, you know, an attachment to it, right? Because having material wealth is not in and of itself a problem. Money isn't evil. Wealth isn't evil. Um, an attachment, an unhealthy need, um, materialism in the sense of making it 
uh, more important than your own health or self-worth, uh, your self-love, anything, you know, the, the Bible would call that an idol. Anything that you put above self-love is an idol. So you can make your partner an idol. You could make wealth an idol. Um, you can make you can make your mother an idol. I mean, a lot of a lot. right. And then I, I guess that's the thing, right? When you start compromising your true values because you've put something else, like yeah. in in a higher rank of it, right? Yeah. So maybe you weren't comfortable in the relationship. You weren't happy. There was all this fighting, but now this other thing had come in the mix, and you were like, oh, well, maybe that's a little bit. You know, and, and like you said, it's a subconscious thing. It wasn't like you were consciously like, well, I like writing her nice car, so I'll stay in this uncomfortable relationship. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. A lot of it is very subconscious. And I mean, like, again, the same thing with these women. We're listening to them. And, you know, there is a little bit of that twinge of that judgment there where it's like, oh, well, they very clearly were looking for rich men. Like, they didn't outright say we. Um, I was looking for a rich guy, but the woman was like, oh, "As soon as I saw, he has this like designer clothes and a fancy plane and this and that." And she was like, "You can well, see the stars in her eyes." Yeah, and <laughs> and so you start to realize like, oh, like that that glittery thing kind of um like made her forget her own boundaries and made her forget her own sense of self. And I think that's what happens, right? When we get caught up in these situations, we forget ourselves. We forget who we are. We forget to check in with ourselves because I think if she were to really have like checked in and said, okay, how do I feel around this guy? There might've been things that felt off or weird. Right. And, and we get, you know, we throw all of that out the window the minute we see something pretty and exciting and fun and new. And it's an experience, right? At the end of the day, she got a very huge lesson, a very expensive lesson, but she had an experience and, you know, that's part of her development as well. So, you know. And hopefully, um, you know, I want to see these women heal and hopefully they don't go so far in the other direction now where they don't have they aren't able to trust in their next relationship, right? And I think that's what doing the work is about, is processing these traumas. This is a traumatic thing. One of the women had $150,000 stolen from her, you know? And aside from all the emotional aspects of being manipulated and, and gaslit, I mean, then he would get crazy when he would pretend to send them payments. So he'd borrow $100,000 and then he'd, he'd send them a screenshot of a wire transfer Oh, I just sent you a hundred thousand dollars so you could pay the credit Not card. Not even a hundred thousand dollars. He would pretend to send them five hundred thousand dollars, like so much oh, yeah. more Sometimes than he would what. Send more. You know, thank you for all of your help. I just want to give you a little extra, and they would be like, "Oh my God, thank you so much. That's so generous. You didn't need to do that." And then weeks later, the transfer had never gone through, and then he would like gaslight them and say, "I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't Go have to the bank. It's, it's I don't their have problem, the money in mine. the bank. It's already out of my out of my bank, so it's in the process." but now I don't have that money so I need you to lend me more money you know and, and it's like you don't understand the yeah. danger that I'm in the risk that I'm, I'm I'm going through just to even communicate with you like all of these ways in which he stressed out a lot of these women and again that goes back into looking at what are our childhood fears what are our 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 triggers, right? Why why would they fall for that trap? I mean, I think I've I've grown up in the era of of scams long enough to know. I think I would hope that I would never like I like to think that I would probably be like that's a little fishy. 
I mean, not that I would have the money to lend him <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you know, like I would have found that a little bit fishy. Well, I, I would have probably had the same judgment myself that, oh, I wouldn't fall for that. But you know what? I have fallen for things in relationships. <laughs> so maybe it's not the wealth thing, but we do. We want to be romanced. We want to be even men. To some degree, I think do I, I certainly did. I was always I always considered myself a romantic, and so I would definitely fall for that kind of stuff. Look, I get romanced by telemarketers all the time. I get tricked <laughs> into buying. I could show you all kinds of stuff that I get tricked into buying. Danny has been. He's like the king of being scammed on Instagram. <laughs> I I totally am. If what you need money. Put out an ad to target Danny on Instagram and he will buy whatever you're pretending to sell. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> I have definitely fallen for that. Um, my favorite one is I ordered a Halloween mask. It was this big, it was supposed to be this big 3D lion's head mask, like, like something you would see at Disney World, right? Like that quality. And it was like 50 bucks. And that should have been my warning, like my red flag, right? But I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. The mouth moves and everything. I order it. I kid you not. We just threw it out, so I can't show it to you. I kid you not. It was one of those 80s plastic masks that you used to get in the 80s in your Halloween costumes with just the string that goes around the back of your head. And it, was, it wasn't even a lion. It was a tiger. And it just had like little pieces of fur glued on, fake fur glued onto it. That was... It, lo it looked like one of those things that you buy the packs for children's parties where it's like a pack of five masks <laughs> and the children can put it on their faces. So I am very gullible. I like to be romance romanced. And so I'm, I'm not going to judge any of them for because he put on a very elaborate route. He did. Taking he did. them on a, a private jet. Then he would send them these videos. And this sick bastard, he had such a system. <laughs> he had a real system. He was, they showed, all three women were showing the, their videos that he would send them on WhatsApp. Hey, baby, I'm on the plane. You could see he's on the, uh, a jet. I'm about to take off. I love you. I miss you. He was making three videos at a time and sending them all. He's wearing the same outfit in every video. It's like the same, same the thing. exact yeah. same thing. And he was just making these videos and sending them to all these women. He must have, God knows what kind of network of, of women he had that he was doing this to. So then I started thinking about, oh, this guy, this guy is like the Loki archetype. Now, mm -hmm. the Greek god Loki, right? The god of mischief. If you're a Marvel fan, I'm a huge Marvel fan. And I never liked Loki. Never liked him as a, a character. Um, it, he always irritated me. Um, I'm starting to come into a little bit more uh, appreciation of Loki because... And I think my resistance to him was ju being just that, that he triggers people. That's his job. That's like his passion even. Mm -hmm. It's not even his job. It's like what he loves to yeah. do. <laughs> he loves to trigger people. He comes in and pretends to, I'm going to save the day. And then he stabs Thor in the back or whatever he does. You know, he's, that's who he is. And it's to bring out all of our shadow aspects. So we can hate on Loki and we can blame Loki, but we can't blame Loki for the the things that we choose to do. Ultimately, we all have to take responsibility for the our choices in how we react or respond. And I think that's really the difference, right? Learning how to uh, respond instead of react. Yeah. Right? A reaction is, oh, this guy's a piece of trash. And, blah, blah, blah. and he is, totally. I mean, he's totally like scamming people. And I'm not arguing that it's what he's doing, what his behaviors are 
are okay in any way. But we can look at it that way and be angry and project all that anger. Or we can say, wow, how did, how is he able to do this to me? Mm-hmm. How is he able to break through my sovereignty and trick me and fool me? And then for this to come out, which weakness did he exploit? Right. And this is not in a way where I'm going to build up walls. Right. If, if these women now build up walls and say, I'm never going to trust again. I got scammed out of a hundred thousand dollars and I refuse to trust a man again. That's building walls around their heart where they're no longer going to be able to feel love. But if you do it in, in the way of looking at your shadow, looking at these triggers, that whatever the trauma and tracing it back to whatever the trauma is that caused the trigger, then you heal that. And now you're no longer susceptible to being tricked that way again. Now you've got your sovereignty is now a shield rather than a wall. It's protecting your heart, but still, in allow, still allowing love to flow. Right. You want to say something about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's very similar to what we spoke about in our talk at the Greater Reset, which was um, having these these situations show you where you're not in your full sovereignty, where you're not in your full power. So, of course, nobody wants to be tricked. And I think, you know, when we talk about the law of attraction, when we talk about like how the universe works, right, because somebody could say, oh, God, why me? Why did this happen to me? Um, It happened to you because you there was something inside of you that hadn't learned a particular particular lesson. And now you were um, now you're like in this place where you're seeing, oh, I totally allowed myself to get swept away by this guy who pretended to be rich. And it was interesting because they showed at the end, one of the women was talking to him at the very end when he had no access to money because they had pretty much exposed him in the media and everything. And he had no money at all. And he was sending her videos and pictures. And he was like, in like, regular clothes and he hadn't shaved and she was like oh, now right. he was staying in hospitals yeah and now she was like now he's just some regular guy like she wasn't even attracted to him anymore and you know i think that part of that was probably because she knew who like who he was yeah. not so much because of what he looked like but at the same time you know there's there's this um she recognized that she had been attracted to a facade to uh, uh, an, image. an image that he had created and sold to them, right? And that's really what they had paid all this money for. But I think that, yeah, like these are, are areas where then we start to realize, oh, this is an area where I'm not in my sovereignty, where I'm not in my power, where I don't know my boundaries, right? Because a lot of them had a really hard time saying no to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, okay, so you... Even after the excuses. Here he borrowed, let's say he borrowed 10000 10000 20000 and he's like, I need more, and he still hasn't paid back that, but they believed him. They believed he was this diamond magnate, and so, all right, he's got the money. He's just whatever it is right now, he, and they would just keep sending it to him. Cookie. <laughs> Cookie just, like, dro- he drops to the floor. I like to say he drops, like, building seven. He just, like, collapses <laughs> like he's exhausted. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's like, it's a, it's a really interesting way to look at how, how our triggers work, right? Because a lot of us are, society tends to have this thing of, if I'm triggered, I need to shut that out, 
right? I shouldn't mm-hmm. be in a situation where I'm not triggered. Yeah. I'm going to avoid my triggers. And when you go into them, and it's difficult. And, you know, obviously some, some triggers are easier to face than others. But when you go into your triggers, when you face them and start saying, okay, why does this thing trigger me? Why do I feel uncomfortable with this? How can I work through this so that going forward, I'm not held back, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am free. Your triggers are really showing you all the places in which you're not free. I like this comment that uh, Rena left. Um, I don't really know too much about the astrology. Maybe you do. But she says, I love that this documentary is out because it's very Venus conjunct Pluto energy. Beauty being revealed to be dark shadows, harsh reality revealed from the fairy tale. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of us are experiencing that, right? And then she says, oh, I got the wish version of the mask. Yes. <laughs> you know the funny thing, Rena, is that I have ordered lots of stuff from Wish and all of the stuff from Wish Always is good quality. <laughs> the wish, All of the things wish. That dot com is not the problem. <laughs> All of the things that Danny bought defense. from Wish have been have been yeah, good quality. Won't, it's yeah, open to, it's open to yeah. product. <laughs> I think it's hit or miss, and you've just been lucky in that area. It, you have not been lucky in the Instagram. No, area. definitely not. Ah, oh, Loki energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what and what is that? the purpose of that Loki energy, right? We need the light to balance the dark or the dark to balance the light. Loki comes in and he's like, yeah, all right, this woman thinks she's all love and light or Danny thinks he's all love and light. Let me come in and trick him and play this game with him where I'm going to be. It's almost like Loki's the devil's advocate in a way, right? I don't really believe Loki is evil. Even the Tinder swindler, I don't think he's evil. This guy is traumatized. He has had his... He, his mother, they tried to interview his mother, and she said, well, he left when he was 18. I, I haven't seen him since. So clearly he had some kind of traumatic childhood or family life that he ran away from. Um, so, you know, I don't think that the Tinder, Tinder swindler, it's like a tongue twister, is evil per se. He's traumatized, and he's projecting those traumas onto other people. And, you know... Um, it's kind of like the good that comes from the bad. The good is this exposes the shadow and then we can decide how we choose to respond to it. And we can choose to be angry and play the victim or, or wallow in the victim because they are victims. Yeah. You know, not to say play the victim as if they weren't victims, but you can wallow in that victimhood or you can choose to empower yourself and say, okay, what can I learn from this so that this doesn't happen again? And it takes curiosity, right? Uh, that's always something that I've struggled with. I have always wanted to avoid my shadow. I want to deny my shadow because I feel like, oh, if I have a shadow, if I have faults, then it means I'm not as worthy. I'm not as good. Mm-hmm. I'm less than. Um, and so that's part of my childhood traumas of feeling like that I was less than other people, my insecurities. Um, caused me to want to avoid the shadow. And when you avoid the shadow, it has to get more dramatic and bigger and come out in, you know, more harmful, ultimately, ways. Yeah. Um, I joke with Vanessa that, and, and some of my friends, that I tend to have to do things the hardest way possible. I have to, I resist, 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 and, until I learn my lesson in the worst possible way possible. So... Um, 
And I think kind of going into this, uh, what you were saying before of like, you need the dark to balance the light and the light to balance the dark. Um, it's kind of what we've, uh, you know, um, on Thursday, I did an Instagram live and I was talking about um, my impatience with our dog Cookie these days because he's been very whiny and, and impatient himself. Um, and I think that sometimes what happens is we think we are a certain way. So the other day I was saying like, okay, Cookie, today we're going to have a good day. I'm going to be very patient with you today. And somehow I thought that by saying that it meant he wouldn't trigger me or he would behave and I wouldn't have to be patient. Right. So when he was misbehaving, I was like, I thought we were going to have a good day. And I, and then Danny pointed out, well, how would you know that you're patient with him if he doesn't test your patience? And I was like, Oh my God. And I've always said this too, you know, that has kind of been my thing recently where I've told people, you know, we have this idea of I'm a good person. I'm a loving person. I'm a compassionate, generous, you know, um, just loving person, right? I, uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, I'm the follow. I'm a follower of Jesus, right? I am Jesus-like. I I want to be like Jesus. But the moment somebody challenges us, the moment somebody disagrees with us, has a different way of life, has a different opinion, maybe doesn't believe in Jesus, right? Like maybe it's just something completely different. Then all of a sudden, we take it off the table. I don't need to be like Jesus with that person, right? Then we start to pick and choose. And so then we're not really wanting to be like Jesus. We only want other people to be like Jesus so that we can then also be like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a condition to that. And so when we want to be good people, we there's we have to be challenged. How do we know we're good people unless we're challenged, right? Unless somebody comes into our face that isn't really a good person, or right, who's who's really just challenging that, challenging our patience, challenging our compassion, challenging our love. And that was the beginning of our relationship was we were challenging each other's love. How much do you really love me? Let me try this. Let me poke you this way. Let me trigger that wound. Let me trigger that one. And it, it went back and forth for so long. And it was very like it. It's easy in those moments to feel like, oh, this relationship doesn't work for me because we're very difficult to love. But we made it through all of that and we healed a lot of those triggers. I mean, we're not fully healed. I don't think we'll ever be fully 100% healed, but we've healed a lot of those major triggers and traumas to the point where it's like, yeah, I loved you through that traumatic phase. I loved you through your addictions. I loved you through your rejection of my love, right? Because what happens is when we've been traumatized, when we've been made to feel that we're not worthy, when somebody loves us, then we, we don't, our ego is like, oh, no, we're not worthy of love. Let me, let me push that away because that feels, that can't possibly be true. So let me sabotage that. Let me test that. Let me push you away as much as I can to see if you really love me because it can't possibly be true that you love me because I'm not worthy of love, right? And so all of that plays out and it creates all sorts of dramas in and of itself. But until you start facing those triggers until you start facing the reasons why your ego wants to protect you from getting hurt you're going to continue manifesting that mm -hmm. yeah sense? yeah absolutely um what i was going to say is imagine the strength of your love how unbreakable would your love be go after going through so much trauma right you can get together and maybe this happens where people are healed and they come together healed 
and they have a beautiful relationship with no triggers. I'm sure that that happens. I'm sure that there are people who have and are having that experience. That's not our experience, but our love is unshakable now. It's unbreakable. We have been to rock bottom and come back and healed. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we're doing the Sovereign Love Stream. Um, we have some pretty awesome things in the works. We are going to be coming out with a lot of really great content and really just not because we're experts or gurus or anything like that, but just we want to be able to show people the steps we took, the things that we did so that other people don't have to suffer. You know, you don't have to suffer the way we did. We can give you the blueprint of what we did and you can take what works for you and you can throw out the rest. And if it helps you just heal one trigger, just one wound, then to me, that's a success. Yeah. And if you can follow our example, our lived example, and not have to go through some of the pain we did because you can learn to choose to respond instead of react to triggers, then, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's really what we want to do. We want to just share that medicine. We believe that everybody has their own medicine. And as we heal, that medicine can come out more and more. And the more all of us heal in the collective, we're, we're bringing heaven down to earth and we're going to make this world a better place. That's how we do it, by, by doing our internal work, taking all the walls down around our hearts so that we just radiate love everywhere. Everywhere we go, it's love. And that love helps heal other people. And we all heal. And then we have utopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. We're just sharing love. Um, Whew. A little bit That's of like a, a yeah. It's <laughs> like spirit coming through me or something. <laughs> um, thank you, Cynthia. We appreciate your um, gratitude. Um, yeah, and then this morning, just maybe to shift a little bit, this morning we were talking about, um, oh, we didn't really get any get each other Valentine's Day gifts. And it was like, we don't need gifts. And, and that's not like, oh, we're enlightened. We don't need gifts. It, it was just <laughs> like, I was like, the gift is just getting to have cacao with you every morning, getting to, to be with you. That's where we're at, right? We went from throwing things at each other, throwing glass at each other to... Throwing glass and, and things at each other and then buying our each other presents for special occasions, right? Yeah. yeah. And to feel like, okay, yeah, we, we do love each other because look, I, I bought you something to prove to you that I, I love you, right? And and now we're in this place where every day is Valentine's Day, right? Every yeah. day is a celebration of love. Every day we celebrate love. When we sit in our morning ceremonies and have cacao and express gratitude, express our intentions, or at night before we go to bed and we have our gratitude session. And we, I mean, there are so many times where we're expressing gratitude for each other, for the things that we do, the things that we are. And it's a beautiful celebration of love. So we do experience a, a Valentine's Day celebration almost on a daily basis. And that's not to say that life is perfect. I mean, we've oh, no. even had gratitude for days when we've had arguments, right? Like, there are days that are difficult because we're struggling with things. Like I said, I'm, I'm struggling with having patience with this puppy. Um, sometimes it's we're, a we're struggling for financially. Yeah, yeah. At, at this moment, we're in a very lean place. I mean, there are times when I have like five dollars in my bank account, <laughs> and 
we're just trying to stay in that place of God is going to take care of us. The universe will take care of us. We just have to concentrate on flowing love. And I mean, that doesn't mean you don't have to go to work. You just like think about love all day long. <laughs> no, um, but. But be in this place where you trust, trust to the point where you're able to make your moves in in a more balanced way, right? Not because out when, of desperation or yes, fear. Yes. When you're in a place of desperation or fear, then your moves are always going to end up messed up somehow, right? Like you're going to. You're going to, I don't know, throw it off balance. Um, oh, thank you, Rina. We love you too. <laughs> we love you. Um, yeah, so it, it's all about being in, in a place of balance, in a state of gratitude. And like I said, we've been in places, we've both been in places where we've made pretty good money. And then we've been in places where we were, we've been struggling, right? And so we kind of go in and out and we're trying to find a place where we can be in a, in a good balance. Um, but a lot of that sometimes is because of our own imbalances, right? Mm -hmm. When we're out of balance, then our finances are going to be out of balance. And so we're reining all of that in. So that all of that is to say that it's life isn't perfect, right? In, in how I guess the external world would see it or society would see it. Mm -hmm. Um, but even with our, the struggles that we have, whether they're financial, whether they're, in in terms of our relationship there have been days where yeah i'm i'm frustrated about something right i'm in a bad mood or my hormones are out of whack and i get impatient or you know like little things like that and and so that throws us off and we respond differently to each other and we trigger each other and that's part of the work we've gotten to the place where there have been times where danny's really struggling with something and then he's like I'm really in it right now. And I know that once I get to the other side, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. I, it's, there's going to be a deeper connection. We've had a few weeks ago, we were in the car arguing <laughs> and, and I'm like crying and, and arguing and, and yelling and he's yelling and we're both kind of just in this weird place. And then that night we expressed gratitude for having that fight. We were like, I'm grateful for whatever that fight was and, and whatever needed to be purged out of that. And, you know, um, for Valentine's Day, we decided to have a ceremony on Friday. Today's Sunday, right? On Friday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we did an MDMA ceremony. And that was, you know, for us, these ceremonies are not just a container for us to really express our love in, in this complete openness and, and beautiful space, right? Like Danny in the morning made a comment like, oh, I can't wait to be in our little love bubble tonight when we have our ceremony but there was also work in there right we were looking at places where we still have certain attachments to things where there are still um perhaps things in between us right um we talk about it being like a glass right and there's smudges on the glass whenever we have um, limiting beliefs, whenever we have attachments to other things, to other people, where oh, we have grudges. walls up, where yeah. we have um, defense mechanisms. So we are continually cleaning that glass and cleaning off any little smudges. And the, sometimes you clean off a big smudge and then you realize there's a tiny one there somewhere that you hadn't noticed before. So the more we do the work, the more we get into the little nooks and crannies. Um, Carla likes to say that it's like clean, moving the fridge and cleaning under the fridge, right? Because you'll clean out the kitchen, but how often do you move the fridge? And then when once the kitchen is clean, you're like, all right, where else can I dig into? Where else can I see that that it hasn't been fully cleaned? And so we were doing that. We had a ceremony to release 
cords from, you know, past relationships, especially once this, this thing came up about um, your relationship uh, where you had this sort of, I guess I, I wouldn't call it an attachment to money, but you know, that you were swayed a little bit in I one direction. Like I, it may have been like a, a two or a three, right? But it was, it was an attachment to that, to the lifestyle. Yeah. To the, to the, you know, it wasn't quite the Instagram lifestyle that the Tinder swindler was yeah doing but you know it was kind of like that at least for me mm -hmm. so you know I, I can own that i think it was an attack an attachment it may not have been like a level 10 it was you yeah know, maybe a three or you know whatever yeah i guess and so like all of these so these things came up and we started you know looking at okay so let's clear that out right because there is an energy tied to that when we don't look at it it's like when when we resist looking at it because it would be uncomfortable like rena said before that's a lot of um vulnerability to come out and say yeah i had this attachment to a lifestyle with this partner i had because it you know I, it felt good it was it was fun i like driving this nice car and yes i had very strong feelings for her i loved her but I stayed in the relationship longer than I should have because I was, you know, I, I enjoyed the lifestyle of money. That's a lot of vulnerability. And the fact that you're willing to look at that allows that to leave, right? Because the moment we start saying, oh, I don't want to look at that ugly part of myself or that dark part of myself, or that was the me of the past. That's not the current me, right? Then we start, that energy gets stored in our body that energy gets stored in, in our being. And then that's where we start judging other people and, and believing that we are somehow superior to other people. But when we face it, then we can have compassion for other people and say, Oh, well, I've been there too. Mm -hmm. I certainly have the capacity to do those things. I, you know, maybe not, maybe I didn't do it to that degree, but there is some of that energy in me. There has been some of that energy in me. And then we're able to have more authentic and, and real conversations as opposed to saying oh look at that gold digger yeah and i think that we're seeing this come out a lot in society right now with cancel culture cancel culture they may be right about the things they're certainly right about epstein or uh, weinstein and they're right about a lot of these people that they want to cancel in in the criticisms they're bringing out racism or misogyny or whatever but the idea of cancel culture is i don't want to face it mm -hmm. right I just want to get it out of my sight. Cancel that person so I no longer have to see them and no longer have to be triggered by them. You know, the the whole thing right now with Joe Rogan. Look, Joe Rogan is no is not perfect. He doesn't claim to be perfect. He's a flawed human being. I think he tends to be very vulnerable about um, his flaws. I mean, he says it all the time. He's like, I'm not a scientist. I'm a comedian. And I do a podcast and I ask questions and I have curiosities. And I think that a lot of his curiosities are genuine, but he's certainly not perfect. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming up from old episodes where he said some fucked up stuff. I mean, and I think he's trying to own some of that stuff. And I think a lot of it is, you know, consciousness change, changes, it expands, it gets better. 20 years ago, Harvey Weinstein would have not been called out at all. And now here we are finally in a place where it's starting to get it's just starting, I think, because it's still happening. I think the Weinstein thing, like, hit its crescendo, and it's back. It's kind of like, we don't really talk about Me Too anymore, you know? But hopefully, it's that energy carries forward with women not permitting men to, or anybody taking, allowing anyone else to take advantage of them 
sexually or, or any other way, um, like with the Tinder swindler as well. Um, but the cancel culture where they go off the track is that they're refusing to look at it. It's just like, get it out of my sight. I had a conversation in my local neighborhood group. We have a, there's a, a mentally ill man who hangs out in our neighborhood and at times he can, he can become aggressive and sometimes even violent. He's kicked people before, he spit on people. And these people who are very, they're very like into their, I'm a compassionate progressive and, you know, especially through all the COVID stuff, we gotta be unselfish, we gotta love others. But yet their answer to Jack is put him in a cage, drug him up so that he's not violent anymore. I don't wanna see it in my neighborhood. Nobody wants to do the hard work of figuring out how to really rehabilitate him. They're just like, put him in an institution and get him on drugs so that he doesn't hurt anybody else. But what about his hurt? The real compassion is, can you be compassionate towards him? That the whatever traumas, whatever things happened to him in his life to cause himself. And you know, one of the things I said was, Oh, oh, somebody had made a comment about him not being normal or something about modern, normal, modern society. I was like, normal, modern society is filled with war, violence, rape, like misogyny, patriarchy, whatever the buzzwords you want to come up with. There's a lot of really fucked up stuff about modern society. And then some people can't handle it. And they break under that pressure, the pressure to perform, the profession. Uh, the pressure to be successful, according to mainstream normal or yeah. modern normal, right? And maybe this guy, Jack, he couldn't handle living up to all those expectations and he cracked and something went wrong and he needs healing. And I believe he can be healed. I mean, maybe maybe it's that some people will never be healed or, or can never be healed. I don't know. Um, but, but I think that that's the problem. It's, it's, it's not even about Jack. It's about your response to Jack. If you claim to be a compassionate person, and that's not to say you're going to let him kick you or spit on you, you're going to have to take some necessary uh, steps to protect yourself and, and you know, um, enforce your boundaries, of course. But you can't claim to be, I'm this compassionate progressive, and then say, put that guy in a cage and drug him up because I don't want to deal with that. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it, you know, it comes back to the same thing, right? We're we're progressive and compassionate people unless it's somebody that we don't like. Unless it's somebody that doesn't fit into the lifestyle that we believe is the right lifestyle. And like you were saying, there's this idea of this is our this our society is normal, right? But again, what is normal? We are not aligned with the cycles of nature. We experience extreme levels of depression during the winter time because we're forced to work the same amount that we would work in the summer when there's a lot more light, when there's a lot more sunlight, there's a lot more energy. We have a lot more energy, you know, as, as you know, that's what nature is, right? We are part of nature and there's more energy in the summer than there is in the winter, but we have to work the same amount of time in the winter time. And it's depressing for a lot of people. A lot of people experience the winter blues, right? we have these expectations we we're not in alignment with nature and so it feels off and then instead of dealing with that here are some drugs take that and then you won't have to deal with it anymore instead and we're not facing these things we're just burying them and burying them and burying them until we explode 
right? And some people are going to explode a lot sooner. Um, some people are going to find their own path a lot sooner. Uh, I think a lot of people would look at our lifestyle and we don't have a conventional lifestyle, right? We homeschool. Our work doesn't look like what everybody else's work looks like. Um, we have different, um, we place different values on things. You know, we're not, we don't have the same priorities as everybody else. And so somebody might look at that and say, these people are crazy, you know, like, what are they even doing, right? Like, we wake if this, up... If this is crazy, then I don't want to be sane. <laughs> right, but, like, you know, we have... The, our values are very different, and um, and to some people, that's that's weird, right? And I there's no judgment if you thrive in this type of environment where you're working, 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 and, and that it keeps you happy, that's great. But we can't impose that lifestyle on everybody else. Like, I wouldn't want to impose my lifestyle on everybody else because not everybody has the same priorities, not everybody has the same desires, not everybody has the same purpose, right? Our, our purpose is is different. And I can't expect somebody else to live my way just because it works for me, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think as a society, we have this idea that it's like a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that comes into the whole industrial way of looking at things, you know, like, everybody wears the same clothes everybody looks the same way everybody has the same work schedule everybody has the same learning model right why should children all learn the same way we all learn differently some children love structure other children thrive being out and having their own schedule making their own schedule and both can learn the same amount right there's no one way mm -hmm. so i feel like that's you know and and again it comes into this whole thing are you truly compassionate or are you only compassionate when things look the way you want them to look like? Because then that's not true compassion. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like Amen. we went off. <laughs> no, I mean, it's all related. It's mm -hmm. it's energy. It was an energetic flow. Yeah. It maybe seems, it may <laughs> seem like we're off on a different topic, but it really is all connected. <laughs> but it goes back to the same thing in terms of the values, right? We we're having this awesome Valentine's day weekend where we have, we're exploring things. We're exploring things about ourselves and each other. We're looking at those triggers. We're facing stuff, right? I mean, I, I feel like we talk about things, um, it, especially when we're in ceremony, it creates this beautiful um, safe space, right? Mm -hmm. A safe and sacred space. And then we get to bring that forward. It doesn't just stay there. It's not like we can only be safe and sacred when we are in an MDMA ceremony or a mushroom ceremony or any other ceremony. It's our life has become a ceremony. And so, yes, we get to celebrate and maybe we have a little bit more of, uh, we create a little bit more of an energetic bubble in these ceremonies um, to process heavier things right yeah. there was a big release that that we had going on um that we wanted to create a a little bit more of an energetic container for that release right for forgiveness for letting go for cutting those cords and then now we take that on with us all right now we've done that in this safe and energetic bubble now we carry that energy with us going forward yeah and i think it's important to have that energetic bubble so that you have a safe space to rest in Mm -hmm. to come home and you know to be out in the world and to some degree you do have to I, I won't say put walls around your heart but you do have to have boundaries strong boundaries to protect yourself energetically um and then it's nice to be able to come home and know my partner gets it 
we're on the same page. I don't have to be on guard with her. I can come home and we can just relax into our our bubble of love that we've created here. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, that's really what home is. It's that that safe space. So, you know, before we go, um, we're just about finishing up the hour. I do want to talk about our new sponsor. We have a new sponsor, Brave Botanicals, and I'm going to play their little ad right here, and then I'm going to tell you a story about their product afterwards. So here's a word from our sponsor. Do you want free weed? Well, of course you do. John Bush here to tell you how to get it. My health supplement company, Brave Botanicals, is giving away a free five-pack of delicious Delta 8 THC gummies. What's Delta 8 THC, you might ask? It's just like regular THC, except it's derived from the hemp plant. And the high you get from Delta 8 is much more mellow and calm without the anxiety or paranoia many people experience with regular THC. The best part is, thanks to a clever loophole, Delta 8 THC is completely legal at the federal level and is legal in most states, including many where cannabis is still banned. If you want to relax, get better sleep, and even relieve chronic pain, go to FreeD8Gummies.com to get a free five-pack of tasty Delta 8 gummies shipped to you today. That's FreeD, the number 8, gummies.com. All right. So I have to tell this story because it's really funny. So um, John Bush, who owns um, Great Botanicals, uh, is a good friend of mine. And we were at a festival up in New Hampshire. The Free State Project puts on the um, Porcupine Festival every year. And we're at the Porcupine Festival and he has, oh, I got these new Delta 8 um, THC gummies. And I was like, Delta 8, what's that? You know, I shot a documentary about cannabis and, and cancer, and I didn't know about Delta 8. So um, it's Delta 9, tetra, um, uh, I forget exactly what it stands for. Delta 9 <laughs> THC is the THC everybody knows about, right? It's the THC that's in weed. It's Delta 9 is illegal. Delta 8 is another cannabinoid in the plant. It comes from uh, the hemp plant, and it also makes you high. And so um, he was like, yeah, I got the Delta. I was like, I don't want that fake weed. Uh, don't worry, I'll stick to my real weed. He goes, no, 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 you got to try it. You got to try it. So I was like, all right. He's like, just take half. It's like, I use cannabis every day. So it was like 25 milligrams or whatever. I was like, I probably will barely even feel 25 milligrams. So he's like, I'm telling you, take half, whatever. I pop a whole one. And now this is like... I don't know, maybe an hour before we're supposed to go on stage to, to give a speech. And um, I'm sitting in the audience waiting for, for my turn, for our turn to go up. And all of a sudden it hits me. I was like, oh. But he didn't even realize he was talking to somebody <laughs> and it was in the middle of a conversation when all of a sudden it hit him. I mean, he got very, he was very emotional. The, the conversation oh, itself yes, was emotional. Right. But I started you know, crying. Danny was crying, and and you know this is not it is not strange Danny behavior to That's cry true. first cry of all. But all of a sudden, it was like all of the emotion, the amount of emotion that came up, like he was like, "Oh my god!" And then he realized, 
oh my god, I'm really high right now. I it, it finally kicked all of it kicked in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you know what? It was a beautiful high. I had a beautiful emotional conversation where I released some stuff and it was a really a great experience. And the gummies tasted good too. Yeah. They were like, what was the, it was blueberry, I think it was, was the flavor. Yeah. So good. Um, and usually I don't like gummies. Um, so get your D, uh, free D8gummies.com gummies. Uh, I promise you, you will love them. Apparently Delta 8 um, doesn't have the same kind of um, properties that Delta 9 has that some people get anxiety from. So if you're a person that gets anxiety from cannabis, um, maybe Delta 8, you could try it and you might not get that same anxiety. Um, I really I, I like the high. And um, and just take half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take half to start. <laughs> um, also, we want to remind if you are in New York City or Brooklyn in particular, we are having a Valentine's Day event tomorrow in Bushwick. Um, we're going to be doing a self-love Valentine's Day event where we'll be doing self-love meditation. Um, be, we're going to be in community. And um, that's something that we've talked a lot about here on the podcast, um, about opening up these conversations to be in community, to support each other in community. And um, a day like Valentine's Day tends to be stressful for a lot of people, sometimes depressing. Mm -hmm. um, emotions come up that we aren't quite sure how to navigate so we're opening up uh our community um yeah we're opening up our community <laughs> to, to invite you uh to come and and share your stories to be held by community to just be in company of other people um whether you are single or in a couple in a throuple or in a whatever a pod, a pod. <laughs> you are more than welcome to join us um it's going to be a really fun time yeah, we're going to do a cacao ceremony. We're going to do a, lot, a bunch of like self-love activities. I think you mentioned the meditation. Um, we're going to be making DIY plant bath kits, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a good time. And if you want to learn more about that or get tickets, uh, you can go to sovereignlove.nyc slash events. And um, you can buy tickets there. Thank you, everybody, for being here, for joining us on the live stream. As always, I just want to talk quickly about our uh, social media. Please follow us at Minds.com. So I say this every week. Minds.com and Float.app are like YouTube alternatives. They're like Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, Facebook alternatives. Um, they are run by anarchists. There's no censorship. Um, actually, Float just got kicked off of the Google App Store. You can still get it by going directly to float.app. You can still download it. But uh, because they won't censor, Google kicked them off the platform. Uh, and I, iPhone kicked them off the uh, Apple kicked them off the platform uh, last summer, I believe. Um, so you can check us out there, minds.com, float.app. Odyssey.com is a YouTube, a YouTube alternative. So this is a censorship-free, uh, blockchain-based video platform. So it functions exactly like YouTube, but all the videos get uploaded to the blockchain blockchain. So they are permanent. They cannot be deleted. Um, and so you can avoid all the censorship, cor corporate censorship that the big tech platforms have been dishing out at the request of the federal government. Um, I think that's it. So thank every Thank you everyone for being here. Have um, an awesome Valentine's day. We send you 
lots and lots of love, lots of self-love. May you remember that all of the love that you wish resides already inside of you. You just have to crack open that heart to let it flow freely. Amen. <laughs> we love you. Happy Sovereign Sunday. Happy, Happy Valentine's Sunday. Day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast. Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com. Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLoveStream.com. If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLoveStream. Thank you for listening.